podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppin Frackers. This week's episode of Copy of powered by Social Media Group. I am your host this week, Chris, and I am delighted to be joined by Anik, Ellis, Marco, and last but not least, Glam. Glam, I know you're going. I know you're going first. I'm sorry to leave you at the bottom of the list there, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, so just, let's get a bit of housekeeping out of the way. Uh, if you have not already, I know we keep telling you, and you know, the more if you do it, we won't have to tell you anymore. If you can head over to YouTube and type in Touchline Fracas and subscribe and set alerts for the Touchline Fracas YouTube channel. So much good visual content on there at the moment. Uh, a lot of good stuff from Mugger, a lot of good stuff from Chessiella, and a lot more good stuff to come from ourselves here at Copper and Fracas as well. So please do head over there and hit subscribe on that button. And if, you enjoy, if you're enjoying what we're doing here at Copper, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Copper and Fracas. And from as little as £3 a month, you can subscribe to exclusive Copping Fracas content that could be Marco's uh, Upwatch written piece. It can be extra podcasts from ourselves where we're discussing topics that um, we don't have time for on the main pod, in all honesty. And of course, all of our in depth pieces and exclusive interviews as well. So please do head over to patreon.com forward slash Copping Fracas and sign up today. So, fellas, let's get cracking on with the pod. And it's just been an absolutely insane international break. Um, I detest the notions of international breaks at the best of times, let alone in a period where we are being ravaged by a global pandemic and it's a jam-packed season as well. And for Liverpool, it just seemed like... I don't know if you, I don't know if you all watched The Godfather, but, you know, near the end of the film where Michael's become the, he's, he's become the head of the family. So, you know, he's, he's the Don now, he's Don Corleone. And he organises all these different hits on his enemies just yeah, to make sure he's yeah. still at the top of the table. Yeah. That's how it genuinely felt with our fucking injuries in the past week or so. So, Els, I'll come to you on this. It's been fucking brutal. Absolutely mental, man. Absolutely mental. First, it starts with Van Dijk, and you're just hoping that Gomez and everyone else stays fit. Then you say Gomez out for the whole season. And you're thinking, Jesus, what? Obviously, um, Trent's out. Then you hear Robertson's taking up a little knock. Henderson, um, Salah's got COVID. Absolutely mental, yeah. And like you said at the top of your point, we don't really like international break at the best of times. But then in the middle of a pandemic, global pandemic, to allow players to travel across the world. And when the season just started the other day, and these players have played so many minutes already, to say that they need to go and play for the international breaks, which is away from their usual team, as you can find out with, like, Gomez. Because had Gomez been with Liverpool, I doubt he gets injured like that because they would have seen the levels he's at and where he's, where he's um, yeah, the levels he's at and how close, how close the proximity is to injury. So it is very annoying. It is very frustrating that we are now in this position where we possibly won't have our back four, our natural back four playing against Leicester. 
and uh, I, I informed Leicester, I might add. So, um, yeah, we're, we're in a bit of a shitstorm at the minute. If we get out of Leicester with a point, <laughs> these lads are <laughs> absolutely sick. If we get three points, okay, no, mate, just give us the title right now. Mate, I've been praying every day. I've been up early getting my prayer in, you know what I mean? Just to make sure that everyone's fit and firing for, for the weekend. Uh, Robertson at least, because good Lord, we, we, we need help on that end. Um, Glam, I'll come to you. This is something we wanted to discuss on last week's part in terms of, in terms of scheduling uh, for, for this season. It's already a jam-packed, condensed schedule and players have been asked to run into the red zone early on. And we've seen it ourselves that we've had players such as um, Trent, who's been asked to go again and again each week, and ideally, we would have liked to have given some minutes to say a Neko Williams up right back in games such as uh, Michelin or maybe even Atlanta for away. But we just haven't had that possibility to do that with the injuries you had in the defence. Yeah. How much of a concern is it for you? And, you know, we've not had the five subs either, which hasn't been introduced, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah. How much is it, a, is it a concern for you that football bodies just don't have any form of concern for player safety at the moment? Um, well, it's, it's definitely a concern that, that goes without saying. Um, what what my issue is, is that, you know, these jam-packed international games and in a short space of time, and they're just meaningless. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not an international fan, but at the end of the day, some of these games don't need to be played at that speed. Some of them don't even need to be played. And on top of it, we've been affected massively. You know, we've lost our centre-back for the same amount of time that we lost our average choice centre-back. And the most one that annoys me is the COVID thing. If you've got COVID restrictions already, you've got everyone mixing international from different bubbles, different bubbles. It's a joke. It's a joke. And now we're, 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 we're suffering from it. We're deep suffering. I know we're going to get conversation with Joe Gomez, but I don't think give us another body. We're short on bodies. And I do say, yeah, should Klopp let them go, but Klopp's powerless. He can't, he can't do nothing for that. The players are going to want to go play for their country. So he's powerless. Do you know what I mean? But, I just think the lack of support is embarrassing. And it goes back to when we had to play our World Cup Cup game and we played our kids, you know what I mean? And they got slaughtered by Villa. Again, where would the support then? So it, it goes about saying, man. I just, I just think it's a joke. Anik, I'll come to you on this and kind of a natural pick-up of where Glam left off. Um, we had both Pep and Klopp after our game against Manchester City saying that it is asinine. Um, that they're going away for an international break when they're already pushed the limit. And lo and behold, um, both two players from both teams uh, go off and get injured in essentially what are meaningless games. In the, uh, and I'll be completely honest with you, I don't really know what the fuck the UEFA Nations League really is. I don't know what the end goal of it is. I don't know what, it, I, I don't know what the point of it is. You know, honestly. So, in terms of the meaning, meaningfulness of the fixture, I don't really understand. But it's just, it's just so annoying to see that across the board, players are going away and then getting these, getting either injured or COVID, and then having to, and then the clubs have been told to just get on with it. Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's it's the COVID point, which which also needs to be highlighted here. It's like the season got stopped last year which required us to spill over into this year and then condense the fixtures, which therefore lead, you know, obviously to more injuries. And I think the fact that we're in like a global pandemic, which, which, which Ellis touched on is means that, you know, as, as, as time goes on and as people are traveling, there's more and more, there's increased likelihood of the cases going up and whether it be people actually being diagnosed with coronavirus, if they're getting symptoms, or even if they're testing negative and then testing positive or vice versa. And I think that's exactly what's happened here with Salah. And I think even this week, um, there's been 16 new cases across the Premier League. And this weekend, the Premier League is going into its run of fixtures with um, teams right across the board, all affected. I think last week it was only four players that tested positive. I think as a result of the international break and travelling around, it's gone up to 16. So I think, obviously, first and foremost, Liverpool have been affected by it. But teams right across the board have been affected. Um, and that's probably worth you know calling out and just understanding that, fair enough, you can get 
injuries from fatigue and the amount of games you're playing. But then there's this also global pandemic that's taken place and the fact that, you know, people are picking up, you know, symptoms, people are, you know, being diagnosed with it. It just, it just affects us adversely. And actually even further to that, following the protocol from coronavirus. So like if now Salah has coronavirus, there was, I think, reports yesterday saying, that, oh yeah, he'll be fit and available for Leicester. But now all of a sudden, I think it's just come out and turned around and said that actually he needs to self-isolate for 10 days. So as a club, we don't even know whether we have players available as a result of this. It's just, um, yeah, it's, 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 especially when it comes to, to COVID, I think it's a bit, of a bit of a sticky situation for us. Yeah, it's. I think the 16, 16 figure was from play, people who hadn't got an international, got away on internationals. So those people exactly, who remained yeah. at home, which is insane in itself that you've seen that increase from guy from uh, you know people who have been in, within the clubs and just getting on with the day to day. And let alone when you consider that it uh, was it someone on the Ireland team who was diagnosed who because who was diagnosed after the fixture. And oh Doherty's yeah, now yeah, got it. yeah, 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 yeah. Doherty's got it now, but yeah, but there was a player that was playing, and then at half yeah. time he, yeah, 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 that was that was crazy. And I mean, there's the the, the Brazilian defender who who had it, who's now possibly put Alisson, Firmino, Gabriel Jesus at risk, Richarlison as well. So the, the knock-on effects are absolutely insane for what's going on. Uh, Mark, I'll come to you on this because um, we get to hear your wonderful voice. Um, it's time. Is it time? By the way. Fuck Richardson, bro. <laughs> Agreed. Fuck him. Um, is it time for the Premier League to get with the times and just adopt the five substitutes rule, first and foremost? First of all, I've got two words, no and void. Those two words, it should be cancelled right now. So all these naysayers from last season that were screaming none and void, I can't hear your voices now. I know how much we missed football and I know how Exciting it was to have a game every day, but you can't keep putting families, players' families at risk at this point. Um, I think the free substitution rule was very, very stupid, especially in times like these when we are increasing the workload on players and are increasing fixtures. We should be allowing them enough recovery time and providing them the most, op- the most amount of opportunity to recover. So with the five substitution rule, and we're the only top tier league that hasn't adopted that rule obviously that leads onto a knock-on effect in continental cups where we're playing competitively against other teams and they've been able to rest and they're able to have five substitution in their own domestic leagues so i think that should have been adopted a long time ago you wait for doing it in champions league which is unprecedented so why not do it in the premier league at the moment um i personally feel like I understand why people think it would have meant the top level size of more depth would have an advantage. But at the same time, all clubs are struggling with COVID. All clubs are struggling with fixture work, fixture pilot. So even though it would be an advantage, it's not a significant advantage. Players could come on and not do a thing. Like we've got players at our club. I'm not going to name any names who would come on the pitch and not do anything. But who knows? That could be league-wide. That could be... Newcastle bringing on someone like Ryan Fraser, who isn't starting at the moment, who could be their fourth choice substitute and could make a difference in the game like that. So the advantage goes both ways, in my opinion. If you have quality on the bench, even if it is one player that can still benefit you in some sort of form. And we need to be thinking about these players' well-beings first and foremost. It just means you can efficiently manage minutes as well. So if you have um, two players who are increasingly approaching that kind of red zone of their performance and you know where they can be let's say Joel Matic for instance you can manage manage and stagger his minutes a lot more efficiently over the course of both competitions as you would it's just having him as a Premier League player obviously no we know now that he can only play one game a week which is a bit of a pain in the arse itself so it's it's just so frustrating it's, like you said Mark to see all the other top leads adopt this and for some unknown reason that just doesn't do it so it's just it's it's got it's diabolical for, for me, and you know, in, in the way we are in, in society, where we're supposed to be kind of like putting putting everybody first to put all these families of all these players at risk and their players' families at risk as well, which is nothing short of nothing short of bad. 
But let's just pull back onto our injuries for a second. Uh, looking for looking look, looking forward to Leicester. Uh, Glam, who the fuck is going to play? Might be you and Ellis at this rate at centre back. <laughs> oh mate. Um, well, so I think I think the whole back fours are going to be out. They're definitely going to be out. I think I think Robertson. To be honest, I'm 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 a bit I'm a bit more optimistic than Ellis in terms of um, the point of those in. I think we should still win. I'll be honest. I think we should still win. We're going to have Jota available. We're going to have um, Firmino. We're going to have Mane. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah. If we do, you know, they're going to cause less the problems. Um, if you ask me, obviously, who should play, is that what you're asking who should play there? Then, obviously, Matip, I would put, because um, of the pace of Vardy, um, a wild one, I would start Henderson at centre back. I had yeah. to unmute for that. Glam, glam, hey? glam. Fabinho's Yo. there. Fabinho's available, bro. He's not available, put, mate. He should be available. Why yeah, not put him? Bro, in yeah, but it's, 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 it's a, for one game, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a rush, personally. Um, I think we should play the players that are fit. But then again, Henderson as well. I just see today um, in saying that, I just said it. Henderson probably won't mind to be for either. So, down to your point, yeah. Christian, I don't fucking know, bruv. I don't know who's going to play, bro. I'll be honest. I was expecting to say Nat Phillips. I won't lie to you. Huh? <laughs> I was expecting to say Nat Phillips. Still, I won't no, lie. No, Nat Phillips is capable, but I, 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 I don't know who's available. I'll be honest. Like yeah. to even name a team. Do you know what I mean? So whoever's available, obviously, I could put a team there, but I can't tell you who's available to even play. I'll be honest. I I will play um young. Yeah, I'll play Reese still. That's my pick right now. It'll be mad. It'll be mad. It is a mad shout. I know, but. Yes, Vardy versus Reese, but baptism of fire. I believe in you, Reese. If you're listening to this, I know Fabinho put up our thing, our intro last year, and that on his Twitter. So I know it gets across to you, man. Sometimes, but Reese, <laughs> do a job. Do a job, you yeah. And I think, got, yeah, I think Fabinho's just come back, so I don't know how many. Yeah. Just coming from a hammy injury versus Vardy is not really what you really need currently, man. True. Um, you don't want him. Open, you don't want him opening the joints. Huh? You don't really want that. Um, going back to the five subs, I've seen that the championship are now going to allow five subs from this weekend. So hopefully, Premier League will open their eyes and allow for the five subs. But um, yeah, for Leicester, um, I've seen a lot of people saying they put Milner at right back. Sorry, not for. Uh, get out of here, man. Milner gets Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes will smoke him. Not for me. Harvey I know- Barnes will eat him up. <laughs> Um, I know we don't really rate, or or we do rate Nico Williams, but we feel that he's not ready. But fam, just you're ready by the grace of Almighty God, fam. Just play. <laughs> yeah, Nico will play. Nico's got to play. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't yeah, I can't see Milner at right back. Um, Milner, I, he's a professional. He's very fit, but being being fit in terms of like running around, doing laps, and being like fit. For a professional for a Premier League game is so different, and I feel that like, I feel like Milner can't do that at right back, let alone centre mid. Um, Timiskas, <laughs> yeah, Timiskas is um available. I'll play Timiskas. I would play Timiskas as well. Still, I was about yeah, to say man. that. I don't mind letting Robbo rest it out for a bit. Yeah, let Timiskas. He seems really sharp. He came on against Atlanta. He got across into the box. Had like two minutes or three minutes yeah. to play. Ran down the wing, got across into the box. That's what we need, man. We just need yeah. a bit of passion to carry us through these next few games. Still, I know Anik loves that saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all right. Yeah, that's, that's how we play Milne in the center of the park. Yeah, you'd have kind of Cody there, wouldn't he? Um. <laughs> <laughs> of course he would. Of course he would. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at it, and this is this this is literally the reason Shimakas was put purchased. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be the backup to Robbo and to fill in these scenarios where we need to rotate. Uh, Neko, I understand. I do understand to a degree some of the concerns, but mate, if you're ready, you're ready. And with the way, with what we ask our fullbacks to do, go ahead and go ahead and do it, man. Yeah. The only concern for me out of all of it is midfield because it, I'm hoping that Thiago will be available to play doubt in it. this game. No, but I doubt it. Yeah, no. Then do you have a conversation of what the fuck do you do in midfield? Because you're asking, I'm going to assume that Wijnaldum's then going to end up playing three games on international duty. Yeah. Which is yeah, a concern probably. again. 
Henderson might, might not be available. Curtis Jones might have to play. And then you'd probably be playing Milner in central midfield. No, no Nabby. Nabby. Nabby's there. Has yeah, to Nabby. Be Nabby. Get Milner out of here, man. It has to be Nabby. Yeah. Ginny, Nabby and Jones. Turn it up, man. Yeah, Ginny, Nabby and Jones. But that. I think <laughs> I have a feeling, I have a very, very strong feeling that Henderson's back. I think it is the whole clock making a call and saying, wrap up my captain. Don't fuck around. You just lost me my my last senior centre-back. Don't fuck with me. So, <laughs> literally, literally, bro. It's literally, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know like, he's got injured, he's got to have me. I, I think it was just clock just called Darryl. Listen, bro, if you know what's good for you, fam, you will send Henderson home <laughs> right now. Even, even uh, I know what's his name, Robertson. Like, he's probably spoke to... um. Clark. Yeah, Clark, yeah, he spoke to Clark saying, listen, yo, you've qualified, you don't need, he doesn't need to play. Put him on yeah. the bench. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think more I think more managers should do that. And, and I get it, they don't want to give managers, club managers, the power, but at the end of the day, we're the one that, the clubs are the one that brings in the money and the clubs are the one the players play for week in, week out. Do you know what I'm saying? So they should yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at it in purely business terms, if you're mm. the club, that's our asset. Literally. Yeah. He's on yeah. loan to you. Literally. Like, yeah, exactly. He's on loan to you. So you have to do what we say, basically. And um, if it was left to me, fam, I'm telling everyone to come home and I'm paying everyone fines yeah. and whatever I'll pay you. I'm fine. pulling everybody home. I'm pulling out every home. single person home. I won't even ask you. I, I think I think they had a quiet word. I think I think definitely Klopp has because with Klopp, I doubt it was quiet still, especially after he's feeling this week. <laughs> definitely I can, I can only imagine how that phone call went with Southgate. By the way, oh, I can yes. imagine him like going to yeah, he hey, yeah, Gareth, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> Hope it's good news. Wait, what? Yeah. They're all fucking coming back now. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few f bombs in that. Bro. A few f bombs. So now I've heard. I've heard this is. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Sorry about this, but I think this is Gomez's third injury while on international duty Second. or international friendly. Um, and he's missed 150 days of football so far due to those injuries. Yeah, didn't it? Wasn't it Southgate who was the under 21s manager whilst he tore his ACL and yeah. not met? I don't want to put it in these words so it might be untrue, but he made him play on. Did he? Or didn't what? bring him off at the relevant time? Glam, might you might have more info on that. Yeah, no, no, the um, he, he well, he did, but I, I don't think he, he, he realized the extent of the damage, and I don't think Gomez did either. But you know, this you, you got your fucking physios on the sidelines, you know what I'm saying? You know what yeah. I mean? So, you, I mean, it weren't like it was on a Sunday park, and obviously, we had like, you know, what I mean, Marco coming on the picture saying, No, you want some water? Professionals, man. Lad, do you want some lifted treats? What's up, cookies? They're killing us, bro. They're absolutely finishing us. I don't want to be disrespectful to England, but let me let me mute my mic. But if Ellis doesn't say I might have to still. <laughs> it's a family-friendly program. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, bang fraud if you can. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Gomez in, in a bit more detail there. And it, it it pains me so much because this is a guy we, we've all seen develop so much of the club, improve his game, uh, gone from playing left back to playing right back, then settling to central. Central defense, like I said, central midfield there, um, and perform at possibly one of the highest levels we've seen from under 24 centre back in God knows how long. I mean, we, we all had to talk about Matthias De Ligt and you know other centre backs of kind of that in that age bracket, but he's well and well and by far above in, in that in that bracket. He's performed so well, and to see him pick up like a, a third serious injury, obviously the first one being the ACL. The second one being that broken leg that he got against Burnley when he was absolutely butchered by Phil Barsley. And now this in what is described as a non-contact injury on international duty that will rule him out for possibly the rest of the season. It's just so disheartening. And um, yeah, just wishing him, wish him the best, best of recoveries and the swiftest yeah, of recoveries as well. Man. But I just want to, I want to touch on anything now. Obviously, we've seen him hit these heights that he's hit. 
how much do you think that will impact his future development more than anything? Um, I think it, it will it would impact him a lot. Um, with Gomez, like you said, unfortunately, he's had three big injuries that's taken like up to like three seasons out of him. If you want to if you want to say that, it's taken three seasons. Mm-hmm. Out of him. And um, we we even saw this season where we was saying that he wasn't playing at a level. But then when you sit back and you think about it, he's never had to play or he's never played of that stretch of games for so long uh, or ever. So obviously you will get to him like, rah, he's playing 10 games in a row. I don't think he's done that before or 15 games in a row. So it's going to be a stop-start career for him. Thankfully, he's still young. He's still 23, 24. Um, when he comes back, I don't, I don't anticipate Liverpool to rush him. It'll give him as much time as possible to um, to heal properly. But yeah, it's very unfortunate because he was he was at a level even with Van Dijk getting injured, he he was somewhat getting to a, another good level. He was starting to um, become the senior player and at the centre back. Uh, we'll see the quality that he has. Um, my big thing is, is his pace. I don't know how. How quick mm. he's going to be! You know what I'm saying that burst of pace that he has. He's an aggressive defender. It, it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate for him. I feel sorry for him because, well, what's the point of playing, man? He's fans, long-term injuries and injuries that are devastating like that. It, it's very unfortunate, man. Yeah, I think in 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 addition to what Ellis said, I think you know, obviously Van Dyke's injury, it was the worst of the worst, and like. It, it gave Gomez an opportunity to come in and step up and, you know, be that senior defender. And to be fair to him, he's come in and done a respectable job. And it would have obviously shown his credentials to the team, how valuable he is. And we're not always, you know, reliant on Van Dyke. I know you guys don't appreciate the international stage, but also it would have allowed him to cement him as like England's best centre-back, which I think he was as well. Um, ahead of what's is, there is 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 yeah. intense. Um, it, it, it yeah, would have just allowed him to to, to sort of great. go up. <laughs> yeah, it, it it would have just allowed him just to go up to the next next level, which which I definitely feel really really sorry for because he was putting together a good run of fixtures. We thought, oh yeah, you know, he's gonna he's he's gonna be the one to pull us through, and it's it's, it's really just unfortunate the the, the way it's happened. Um, but I suppose, look, he's come back from an ACL before. I know he doesn't have an ACL now, but he's got a knee injury. He came back and he came back, you know, a, a, a better player. Um, and he's also had other injuries. I think he had an injury towards the end of 2018. And then Matip came in for the run of the 18-19 season. But then even last year, he, he came back and, 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 and he'd done a sterling job. So he has had injuries in the past and he's I mean his, his track record shows that he's, he's, he's always bounced back stronger so um, yeah I've, I've, I've got a firm belief that he can come back and he, and, he, and he will be the same player if not better I think one thing that stands really well for him is the fact that he's going to go through his recovery with Van Dijk um, after hearing what Ox has said about long term injuries and having people around him that are keeping him through the journey and keeping him motivated through the journey I feel like both of them going out at the same time, especially with how close they are, would mean they motivate each other, reassure each other, and just literally hold each other's hand through the process while they recover. Ideally, we get someone in January who will be able to step in and mean that we don't rush either of them back until next year. Um, Ideally, I don't want to see any of them play football until next preseason, just so that they do have that time to recover and do... They feel like they're fully ready as opposed to coming in with an injury. Um, one thing I am slightly concerned about, though, is as well as Ellis, what Ellis said about pace is Gomez pulling out of tackles. So I'm not too sure if you don't remember this, but I was saying on WhatsApp, on our WhatsApp group, that he looked really, really timid in the challenge. Um, I can't remember what game it was, but he looked really, really timid in the challenge. And when we have two centre-backs that are not going to be on the front foot, we're going to need either Fabinho, Thiago or Henderson to be an absolute destroyer in that midfield, just so they're not forced into making rash challenges. So I'm not sure how that works, but we'll see. We've got enough time to sort that out. We've got enough time to see how they come back. 
Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot I do want to touch on there from, from what you said, Mark, but I think I'll start off by plugging the fact that um, we've, got, we've got a, currently got a thread on Twitter. Uh, you can go over and look at that now with some of the centre-backs that we came in and discussed as, as a bit of a brain, as a cop-in brain trust. Uh, so you can go over and look at that thread and see what our, what you think of our suggestions. And of course, um, myself, uh, yourself, me and Ellis and Mike uh, put out a pod uh, entitled Four Kings, where we did a bit more of an in-depth um, analysis on four centre-backs that we chose, um, which is now available on our Patreon page. So do head over to the Patreon page to get exclusive access to that podcast. Um, it'd be massively appreciated. But yeah, just to touch on what you said as well, um, I think it was one of the things that Ox spoke at at length when he was in the midst of his recovery was that he had um, Ryan Brewster alongside him in that recovery process and that helped them get through it a lot, a lot more together. And that was really nice to see. And I think if there's any good that does come from this, it's that you've got two guys that are already close on and off the pitch who are going to go through this recovery together and lead lead each other through it step by step. I guess my only concern for Gomez now is when he came back from the, that last ACL, he came back absolutely wham. Um, so hopefully none of that again, considering we've got a new bloody training facility that he's breaking in. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Glam, I'll come to you on this. Uh, I know you've got a bit of a kind of a, a, a nice spiritual connection with, with young Joe. Um, how gutting is it for, for you? Because uh, touching on what Annick said as well, he was going for a really good run of games uh, where yeah. he was kind of after the Villa performance where he was made to kind of, uh, in other terms, put on his big boy pants and lead the defence. Um, yeah. How disheartening is it to see him when he was kind of getting that run of form, showing truly is your qualities, that now he's got to wait like six months to prove himself again? Yeah, no, I was... Um... I was devastated for myself. I was devastated for him. I can't lie, because um, as as obviously Ellis has already said, Van Dyke's out, key figure, key fixture in in the um back line. Next in line is Gomez, isn't it? Matic, we know how he is in this situation, but Gomez, the only time he's been really injured, obviously, if he had a major major injury, but just for him as his development and it said as well, making it his own and his. It, I mean, and you know, you you get the few twiggles like. Oh well, Van Dyke's beside him, so he shepherds him. Or Van Dyke's beside him, so that's why he feels he, he plays well. Or that's why he's not top five. All that rubbish. So he would just wipe that out. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, I don't believe it's going to Van Dyke. Van Dyke's obviously enhanced and helps him better. He's a better player than Van Dyke, but he has his own ability and statues on his own two feet. And I yeah, just Graham, think do you that... mind if I jump in there real quickly because I feel like I want to finish. So one minute. Uh, oh, sorry, but, um, Uncle Glam. Sorry, Uncle Glam. Go ahead. Go but, ahead. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> I just think, I just, <laughs> I just, I just think that um, you know, it's 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 a real blow for him and his development, and I just uh, I'm I'm gutted for him, man. Go on, Marco. Fuck's sake. <laughs> so I wanted to touch on that ten games point because yeah, we're touching it, brother. Yeah. Hold the point and then touching it. They're coming in halfway through, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure if you look at It was a 10-game period where we conceded zero goals last season. I'm not too sure. And for me, over that 10-game period, Gomez was the better out of him and Van Dijk over that period. And it's a shame that he isn't going to be able to prove that. Now, I remember arguing with um, Rayo and a couple others about Gomez being top five in the Premier League. I think, based on ability and performance, he should be. It should be undebatable. And this run without Van Dijk would have given him that. Would have given him the yeah, platform to show that. I, I, I question. Sorry, 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 sorry yeah, no I question anyone. I question. I question anyone's a name for Premier League centre backs that are better than Joe Gomez. And to be honest, that I think Liverpool players. Exactly. Yeah. I think two of them are at <laughs> Liverpool. I think Matip's top five. If we're putting Gomez top five, I think Matip's top five. And undisputably, the best centre-back in the world is Van Dijk. So, we've got one. We've probably got three in Van in Matip. And we've probably got number four in Gomez. Yeah. So, it would have been a platform for him to prove his ability. And it was something I was waiting for, I think, two episodes ago on the main pod. I was saying he's going to definitely prove it this season. And with Van Dijk being injured for this little period, he has proved it's somewhat, but he would have, I would have liked to have an extended period of Gomez performances to draw from, which is unfortunate for him. And we do wish you all the best, like you said. So we'll come back stronger, man. Perfectly said. And yeah, it is, it is a bit going because I think when you have those 
you have a bit more of a, a longer uh, analysis case that you can look back of games played on your own as a centre-back and not in that original tandem, you can find a lot more areas in your game to develop as well. It's only been interesting to see from that point of view if you would have found, if, if the coaching staff and the analytics team would have found little areas in his game that he could have improved on as well. But it, it, it is it is in and it's, it's, just, it, it's shit for the player, it's shit for the club and we're in a position where we've just got to, unfortunately, just got to, got to get on with it. So, over to you, Nat Phillips, Fabinho and Reese Williams. Um, not entirely confident in all three. In all honesty, I'm not entirely confident in Joel Massey to stay fit for that duration as well. So, it just seemed like it's a little bit of a limp over the line uh, until uh, until January, really. So, we'll move into the next part of our discussion where we're going to talk about the festive running, which is fucking coming up again. Another brutal, brutal set of fixtures that we've got now um, until basically after January. And it's, we had a little bit of discussion last week of where if we were concerned about these upcoming fixtures, I mean, on paper, you look at the, look at the calibre of teams we do have to play and all, all due respect to them. It feels like we've gone through the more gauntlet part of our season in terms of level of opposition. Uh, again, with all due respect, uh, Mark Jackson. Uh, so, Mark, I'll come back to you. The next 11 games that we've got, how are you feeling about that Moral-wise, and how you feel that's going to go performance-wise as well. Okay, um, I think morale-wise, people will bounce back um, after setbacks. We have seen the clubs are everybody at the club is a mentality giant that they're able to get their head down when needed. Um, I personally don't see a loss until Spurs, maybe, which is 16th of December. Um, I would accept a loss that. Leicester, even though I don't want to lose at Leicester, I would accept a loss at Leicester with the circumstances at the moment. Salah out, backline completely in tatters. Um, but I still want three points and I still kind of expect three points. Um, other than that, I don't really see us being challenged too much other than the City game, um, Spurs game, and I believe Arsenal's before. I mean, Arsenal's in that remit. But those three I thought games, you said a challenge. <laughs> well, yeah, just challenge in terms, of, in terms of we need to be on top form on that day to get a point. Sorry, to get three points. Um, the main thing that I'm concerned about is COVID and players getting dropped out throughout COVID, especially with games coming thick and fast. I believe it's a game every three or four days. And if a player does catch COVID, he potentially misses three or four games. So in that period, have we got people that will come in and do a job? I believe Shakiri will be really important in this running. I believe Origi has a part to play. Um, I want to say Minamino will be influential, but he hasn't given me enough in his spells. Like He looks like a really, really good player, but he doesn't look like he can assert his influence on the game the way I want him to. And even though he might bag a couple of goals, I'm not going to completely rely on him. I'm not going to even say my boy Naby as much as I want to, but I think it would be it would be very, very important getting the right mix within the midfield for certain games. So being able to have a Naby who can unlock a defence or a Thiago who can unlock an defence for certain games without having them unavailable. And it's yet to be seen what Jones can do on the pitch completely in terms of unlocking a defence. Yeah, we've seen mm-hmm. a couple of good games. Um, we've seen where he was at, arguably one of our better players at Atlanta. Um but I do want to see slightly more from him going forward, being a bit more progressive, getting into the box a little bit more. So we'll see how that goes and who's able to contribute over the period. But I still do not expect a loss until Spurs. Bold, bold predictions. Just a bit of a quick update on obviously fixtures and stuff. So this is until Dece- this is until January the second. So obviously uh, Sunday, twenty second of November, we have Leicester at home. Uh, then we've got Atlanta next Wednesday in a Champions League game. Then we've got Brighton away on the Saturday, half 12 kickoff. Thanks for that, Premier League Association. Uh, then we've got Ajax at home on the Tuesday. And then we have Wolves uh, at home on the 5th of December. Then we have Michland on the 9th of December away. Then we've got Fulham away on the 12th of December. And we have Spurs at home on the 16th of December. Crystal Palace away on the 19th of December. Uh, then we've got a bit of a break. Again, thank you for the mercy. And but I'm assuming this is because there's um, mad like 
I don't think it's even that. I think it's just energy drink cup games that are probably scheduled in for that period of time. Uh, then we've got West Brom. We've got West Brom at home uh, on uh, Boxing Day, Newcastle away two days later, um, and then on the second we have uh, Southampton away. And again, most of these fixtures are probably subject to change in terms of TV schedules. That is fucking brutal for anyone. Mental. Yeah, mental. Yeah. Absolutely mental. Um, yeah, the FA need to look how they are scheduling these things. Um, like Klopp said on a weekend, how can you play on Wednesday and play 12 o'clock on a Saturday? It's ridiculous. It's stupid. <laughs> it's absolutely stupid. And and it's so stupid that Klopp was actually defending Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's how stupid it was. It's, I mean, uh, we're in the midst of a pandemic, but you, you, in your right, infinite wisdom, decide, oh, yeah, we must play all the games. Like, come on, man. These, these guys are footballers at the end of the day. They're not machines. Um, but coming back into Liverpool, yeah, I just hope that we can cope because COVID hasn't gone away. Um, the players are going to be playing every three or four days. Hopefully, we can keep everyone f- fit and firing. Um, hopefully, the players can the players that we need off the bench, you know, Rigi's, Minamino's, Curtis Jones, Navigators, they can come in and do a job. Everything's just uh, it's in a fine line, isn't it? It's just crazy, man. It's insane. I think. think... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think from the list of fixtures that you read out there, Chris, I think the one that stands out to me that could be a tricky one is Southampton away, the very last one, straight after the new year. I know, obviously, Tottenham on the sixteenth of December. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not a battle. Of, it's not a battle of laughs fixtures when you look at it, really. Um, yeah, it's not. Br- Br- Brighton away. That's that's always a tough game. Um, mm. Wolves at home. That'll be tough. Um, Spurs, like we've mentioned, Palace away. That's tough. Newcastle away. That's always tough. So, in terms of you look at it in away fixtures, some tough, some tough games there. Very tough. But game. I think, but I, I think they're all winnable though. Oh, yeah. I think with, without I sounding agree. too confident, yeah. I, I, I think they were winnable. For me, the Southampton one just stands out though. I think Tottenham, with the run of fixtures that they have around that time, yeah. I don't think I don't think they'll be able to beat us. First and foremost, Champions League. I want that locked off. I want us to have qualified for that as soon as possible. I don't want to be middle of December scrapping around trying to get through. Well, the good the good thing is dusted. we can. Yeah, we're in the best week, so yeah, that'd be really good. And then again, like, 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 like to pick back off Al's point and from what Marcus said earlier as well, that then gives two games you've got two exactly. roll the dice games for you can play your Minamino's, your Shakiris, your Origis, get them, get them a little bit warmed up. You know, when it's cold outside, you go and put the car on for a little bit of five minutes, get <laughs> yeah. it warmed up, you know, get the engine there, you know, and then have them ready for a festive period. But, but yeah, it's just it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really, really and ideally, ideally, if we do get the Champions League wrapped up, then that would mean, for me, Fulham would be a game where we can add in a couple youngsters, maybe... Nah, fuck that. We need goal difference pulling up there. <laughs> 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 right, fuck it. Let's go for goal yeah, difference. Yeah, forget that. Forget that. Forget that. Um, I was thinking that week we could possibly rest some players in the lead-up to Spurs, and that would mean everybody's fully fit and firing for Spurs. And yeah, no, we can running in that game. But, I think... I think the, the tasking thing for us in those games that I've seen, it's not really um, the the player, the teams itself. It's just the schedule. How much rest can we get in, and how much? Yeah. What percentage of fitness are our first eleven? That's the only thing I think we've beaten all these teams that we've mentioned compl- like easily anyway over the last couple of seasons. Even in lockdown, we went to Newcastle, beat them up three one. We used like Nico Williams, Origi, and all that. So these teams, are, it's, it, every game is winnable because we've literally beat all the teams already. It's just how fit can we be and how fit can the players stay, really? Yeah, I suppose travelling also... So carry on, then. I was going to say that the travelling also that's involved, you know, we're going away to the Champions League. I'm just looking at the fixtures now. We've got Midget Land on the 9th and then penciled in Fulham on the 12th. So by the time yeah. we come back from the... Midget Land game, we got Fulham like three days later. I know it's penciled in, that'll probably get moved, but all of this adds up and then obviously lead to, you know, excess injuries, fatigue. 
stamina issues. Um, yeah. So yeah, it can always take its toll. For games like that, would you not be happy with the with maybe like one of the front three starting? Because I feel like that's the area where we're going to struggle to rest our players the most. Salomani, Firmino. Um, Firmino slightly less than Salomani because of the emergence of Yota. But do you think we could be all right in certain games with, let's say, Mane, Shikiri and Takumi? Yeah, we could be, but you never know, man. You just never know what you're going to get at that time in point. On paper, we should be okay with that front three of Shikiri, Minamino and one of the... Uh, Mane, Salah, or Firmino, we should be. But then, by, when we get to that point, we don't know how much games they've played. We don't know where they are in their sharpness. So it's all it's all the, within the context of where we are at that point. But like I said, I think we should be with we should be okay with one of them. Do you know what I'm saying? You on about the Michelin game there, Mark, or the Fulham game? Um, ideally, for the Michelin game, I don't see any of the front three start for the Fulham game. Yeah, I would want to see two out of the three, maybe, at max. That's two out of the three, I think you could do, um, because I think there's going to be, again, it, it's, the, the main thing we need to hit on here is, if there's anything that our, our wonderful audience can take away from it, is COVID is lurking, to, and, you know, me being a massive, massive wrestling nerd, COVID is lurking in the background, like Randy Orton waiting for an RKO. It can strike at any possible time. That's it's fact. there. It's about, man. It's And it can happen. And then you have to look at the knock-on effects. So let's say two of our... God forbid, two of our midfielders get it. Then we're in a situation where we have to play 4-2-3-1, which is then increase more burnout minutes on the on the attacking players that we have. Yeah. And then again, God forbid, two of the front three, two of the front four get it. Then we're in a situation where, we have, where we're restricted to 4 3, three. So that you don't have the tactical, tactical flexibility, and I guess that that's a good thing. As I know, some people are happy about it when Klopp said the four-two-three-one or the four-two-four is something that we'll be seeing a lot more often, just because of the options that we have available. But it's good that we have the tactical flexibility there as well to put in these break glass formations if and when need be. So it's just it's it's a difficult one, man. And we've obviously infections increasing as well. Um, you need your players to be as responsible as ever too so I'm thankful that we've got a good group of lads I, I'm not completely sure about this and maybe I missed the news maybe I'm not as fully aware but is there anything like repeat infections of COVID yeah yeah. okay cool I remember the I'll try to use the technicality to say oh yeah money's already had it so it's never going to get nah. it again I think the <laughs> Five times, bro. The while got oh, wow. Yeah, Ronaldo's got it twice. Yeah, so okay. what's, the, yeah. what's the Brazilian president's name? Bolsonaro. Apparently, he's had it like seven times. Yeah, he's had it bare times. <laughs> I was like, bro, what have you been doing? <laughs> he's, he's an anti. He's a, he's one of them. Like, oh, don't wear masks. Basically, he's come out and said that. Oh yeah, the Brazilian public need to stop acting like fairies and that, and they need to man up. I think. Bro, in a pandemic, come on, man! <laughs> what the hell? Of course, everyone wait. So he's he's somebody that doesn't wear masks, and hence why he keeps on getting it. So, madness, mm. He's absolutely yeah, anyone can get it, man. I, think, I just think obviously because not not everyone's not unwell, not everyone's showing symptoms. But once they do the test, whatever comes back, that's it. That is it. You know what I mean? Salah's kicking yeah. himself right now. I don't know whether it was because he went to his brother's wedding or whatever. But he is kicking himself right now, mate, because... Well, this is the, this is the thing game. about that. This is the thing about that. I don't think he would have been able to go to his brother's wedding if he got permission from the club, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course. But, 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 there's like no like people said, there, man. There's no people. Zero pandemic measures. <laughs> Rob, zero. You see, you see <laughs> in Africa, zero. yeah. In just Africa, vibes. Yeah, in Africa, they don't, they don't think that it's there. They just don't believe it. That's cool. That's all cool, but... Brother, yeah, you're saying. coming back to this bubble. <laughs> That's the you know thing. I mean? You're coming back. Yeah, to you're not staying over there. Yeah, I was saying. Like, yeah, and I know Klopp's vets. I know Klopp is vets. Livid. Don't tell me Livid. Livid. But I get. I feel like Klopp will understand, though. Your brother's reading. You know, you can't. Really no, he understands. Those. He understands it, but he's going to be. He's going to be fuming. Yeah. Because maybe they would have put. Maybe what they would have done is put measures. In. I don't know what measures you would have put in place, but they would have probably secured it more with more because he, uh, Egyptian have tested him in it. So when yeah. they've tested him, he's now being retested again, but also Liverpool want to test him again. But they've made it public already. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. 
so so that was my point exactly like we don't know what's going on like he might yeah. feel okay but then he might get tested negative which means yeah. that he might be available but then now all of a sudden they say he has to isolate for 10 days like we just don't know it's mad, exactly. isn't it? What's going on? FPL, this is an FPL madness, you know, like. For yeah, look, I, it's crazy. I saw chill. I saw chill well go down. I saw sun and it. I was like, take <laughs> <laughs> me. I just, I just about to use my wild card as well. I don't know if I don't even know if I keep Salah in this weekend. Like, what do I do? Uh, I need my captain. No, this this, this, this is this is where you keep your free hit. By the way, Annie. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Marco, the best <laughs> thing to do is play your free hit. If that works out, then play the wild card. That's the best tactic to use, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's, I think um, before if there's anyone else, if any of the topics we'll discuss, quick, let's quickly get them in. But um, but if not, I think it's a good good note to, to end end this part on. I also want to say uh, thanks to all of our amazing listeners for tuning in again this week to cover from podcast. Um, hope you are staying safe and, and you know keeping yourself sane during this uh, this lockdown as well. I know stuff on stuff on everyone really. There's only so many PlayStation you can play. There's only so many books you can read and so on and so forth. And now if you if you do want to have a, a decent conversation, all the coffee boys and girls are available on the uh, on the coffee account. So if you are wanting a conversation about have a lovely look for football club, please drop us a, a message and you know, we'll definitely will get back to you. But again, that has been your episode of Coffee Podcast for this week. Uh, thank you very much to Anik, Ellis, Marco and Glam for joining me. I have been your host Krish and we'll see you soon. Take care people. Network.